Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Be Bullish podcast. I'm Alex Ely, CIO of the U.S. Growth Equity Team. Thank you for listening in. Okay, update on the markets. They continue to be choppy. There continue to be concerns about inflation. That seems to be the primary concern that weighs on investors' thoughts these days. Uh, it's just like the market can't get going. Uh, we have a few up days, a few down days. As you know, we're bullish. We're constructive over the long run. Um, we've seen lots of corrections uh, in our careers, and pretty much every single one has been a buy. The only one that wasn't was back in 08. Uh, when we had banks extended and consumers extended and so forth. That's not the scenario today. We believe the banking system is sound. We believe that that people, if anything, rather than being extended, have newfound wealth, whether it be through real estate or the equity markets or what have you. So we feel like things are, are in a good spot um, overall or for the long run. But in the shorter term, we, we continue to deal with these issues. Now, a couple of the most pressing things on inflation are the supply chain uh, and labor. But we should see both of these improve as the pandemic winds down, which we believe we're seeing. Uh, typically, pandemics or viruses end uh, with uh, variants getting more aggressive, um, but, but less deadly. And that's exactly what we saw with Omicron. Hopefully, that'll be the case as we go through 2022 and we'll be in a, in a better spot by year end. Um, but don't just listen to me. Uh, today, we're bringing on Nate Marr, our head of technology here uh, for the U.S. growth equity team. He's here to tell us about the supply chain, um, <laughs> how we got here, where we're going, and so forth. So, Nate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for, for coming in. Thanks for having me, Alex. Great to be here. Great. Um, well, there's supply chain issues with lots of goods. Some of it has been improving to some degree, but I know technology is, is one of the tougher areas in terms of improving supply chain because it takes so long uh, to build out uh, or to create inventory in certain areas. Can you just review for us, how do we get here in terms of these supply chain problems? Thanks. So I think it was several items. We saw unexpected demand due to COVID in areas where we hadn't seen it before, like PCs grew double digits when they were barely growing pre-COVID because all these knowledge workers went home and needed new laptops. That's one example. And then we've seen increased electrification in other end markets like autos where we're seeing electric vehicles take off. And so that's on the demand side. And then on the supply side, look, COVID created worker issues and um, shipping disruptions as it related to getting goods to market. So it was took longer to produce goods and it took longer for them to get to market. So it was both sides of the equation. Is it that we don't have the capacity? Is it, or is it that, that factories have been shutting down? Um, what is it that, that's, that's really prohibiting the delivery of so many goods in the technology area? It, it's both, right? It takes, in a normal environment, it takes three months to make a semiconductor. Right. And so then if you have issues of workers being sick from COVID, that, that's going to slow things down. Right. It takes two years to build or longer to build a semiconductor fab. So you just can't fix this problem overnight. Jeez, two years. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. Um, and billions boy, of dollars. I guess, yeah. Well, I guess on the, on the bright side, um, as the pandemic winds down, we should have uh, less factory closures. So that should help. Uh, logistically, I think those things can get sorted out over time in terms of starting up really the, the grid of transportation, uh, whether it be trucking or shipping or what have you. But making new chips or creating new fabs, as you mentioned, that's something that will, will take a lot longer. So if that's the case, 
Um, where are we? What, you know, how much of these supply chain issues will be resolved uh, by the end of this year? And, and when should they be, uh, when should we reach normalization? Uh, so we're not talking about the supply chain as much as we are today. So a lot of semiconductor companies and then customers of those companies think we're going to see things improving in the second half of this year. Some companies are talking about already seeing improvement now. And then there are some outliers who think it might not resolve till 2023. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I think if we get to the end of the year and we have more visibility on the supply chain improving, that's good. I did notice as well that Intel has committed uh, a lot of money to building a plant here in the U.S. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So you've seen companies wanting to reshore their production. So we have fabs being built in Arizona, Ohio. Europe is talking about building some more fabs closer to home. And you're seeing the governments get behind this as well. So it's not just the companies, but governments are really realizing how key these are to the, to the economy. Yeah. Well, it, it's becoming a, a certainly a strategic industry uh, from country to country. Um, one other item I, I'd like to just ask about in that respect, are we completely relying on, on Taiwan or, or, or whatnot for all of our chips? Or uh, do we ship out chips to China and other issues? Or are we relying on each other? Or is this something where um, you know, we, the United States is really in a tough spot in respect to relying on other countries for semiconductor production? So, so Taiwan is a big source of production, but there are also facilities for producing semiconductors in Japan, Korea, and then in the United States, Texas, and Arizona. So there are some that are built here already, um, but we need to do more here. Okay. So with all of this, I mean, I, I would imagine that there'd be certain kinds of either equipment companies or other semiconductor companies that are benefiting, whether it be from high prices or, or whether it be from you know, just additional demand in, in general. Um, we don't have to name specific names, but you know, are we seeing... Uh, opportunities in the semiconductor industry for investments for uh, small and mid-cap investors? Yes. So, so our companies are seeing better visibility into their customers. They're seeing visibility out multiple quarters because those customers want access to that supply, right? So those relationships are becoming more strategic. And additionally, our companies are getting more pricing power than they've previously had. So their input costs have been going up, but they're also able to adjust for that and you know, exert some pricing power on their, their end customers as well. Yeah, well, we do have investments here in semiconductors. So we, we are bullish, we are constructive on the space. Uh, do you think that um, yourself that we'll see a, a significant resolution of supply chain issues by your end? I hope so. It's, it's similar to the pandemic, right? Never say, you know, we don't want to overcommit, but it certainly does seem like things are going to get better in the second half of the year and into 2023. Some of these end markets are already starting to improve and you know, the new fabs are going to come online. So that, that all ought to help. Well, I, I'm, I'm waiting. I, I ordered a car a few months ago and, and it looks like I'm going to be waiting at least six months for it. Hopefully those lead times will shrink as we, we go farther out. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you for the discussion on the supply chain and semis. Uh, I appreciate I appreciate everyone listening in and, and thank you, Nate, for, for being with us. Thank you. This recording is intended for financial professionals and institutional investors only. This is not intended for use with the general public. The views expressed in this podcast represent those of the speaker and are subject to change. Nothing presented should be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security or follow any investment technique or strategy and does not constitute advice, an advertisement, an invitation, a confirmation, 
an offer or a solicitation to engage in any investment activity or an offer of any banking or financial service. Throughout this presentation, various securities and companies are referenced. Examples given are for illustrative purposes only and were not chosen based on performance. This is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. All examples herein are for illustrative purposes only and there can be no assurance that any particular investment objectives will be realized or any investment strategy seeking to achieve such objective will be successful. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future performance. Before acting on any information, you should consider the appropriateness of it with regard to your particular objectives, financial situation and needs, and seek advice. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made as to the accuracy or completeness of the information, opinions, and conclusions presented. In preparing this recording, reliance has been placed without independent verification on the accuracy and the completeness of all information available from external sources. Macquarie Asset Management is the marketing name for the Asset Management Division of Macquarie Group. Investment products and advisory services are distributed and offered by and referred through affiliates, which include Delaware Distributors LP, a registered broker-dealer and member of the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and Macquarie Investment Management Business Trust, a Securities and Exchange Commission registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services are provided by a series of Macquarie Investment Management Business Trusts. Other than Macquarie Bank Limited, none of the entities noted in this podcast are authorized deposit-taking institutions for the purposes of the Banking Act of 1959 from the Commonwealth of Australia. The obligations of these entities do not represent deposits or other liabilities of Macquarie Bank Limited. Macquarie Bank Limited does not guarantee or otherwise provide assurance in respect of the obligations of these entities unless noted otherwise.